Are you planning for retirement, buying a home, sending your kids to college, or looking for ways to protect your estate assets? The Simply Advised podcast connects you to trusted professionals, subject matter experts who communicate critical information in a meaningful and memorable way to guide you to make smart choices. Listen in as our experts help you handle whatever life throws your way. Hello and welcome to another Simply Advised podcast. The goal of this podcast is very simple, to provide you with executable, actionable, and amazing education when it comes to financial services. And today, of course, is no different than any of the podcasts that we've done. We've got Benjamin Zales, who's the founder and CEO of Innovare Consulting Development Group, and he is going to be educating us today about college planning and some other ways to address taxation. Benjamin, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Matt. Appreciate it. I love the first question because it allows the audience to have a chance to get to know you a little bit better. Tell us about your journey as a financial advisor. Well, it was a journey that was totally unexpected. I never expected to be doing this kind of work. However, there were some challenges that came up for me when I was in college and my parents had invited me to come home one summer to witness a session uh, with, uh, with a financial advisor who was recommended to them. So I came home thinking that, you know, uh, this must be some real estate person who's coming to refinance the mortgage and I'm just going to come and be a witness to something. But then when I got home, I was totally floored by what I observed and heard. This financial advisor spent two hours with my parents talking about things that I had never heard of. And I was pretty naive when I was in college, to be frank with you. And let me just give you an example of what I mean by naive. I'd never heard of a mutual fund, didn't know what that was, didn't know what an annuity was, okay? Didn't know what an IRA was. Wall Street, I heard of Wall Street, and that's all I knew about Wall Street. It was just Wall Street, okay? What was intriguing to me was the fact that I said to myself, you know, I'm planning to go to law school. That's the goal, to go to law school. But that day, on that hot summer day, when my parents had called me to come and to sit down to be with them, something clicked. And I said to myself, wow, there are families out there who need this. And I didn't even know there was a profession out there with people like this advisor who came to the house to talk with families about the importance of planning, legacy planning, becoming good stewards to the family, things of that nature. And I said to myself, you know, maybe maybe this is what I should be doing. And maybe I can work with lawyers in collaboration to help families achieve goals. So that, that's really what got me going, you see. And, and I'll tell you what was even more uh, surprising to me. In this industry, most people have an idea of this industry as if this industry is a cancer, you know, as if it's vampiristic, we're coming to get your money and, and, and at the end of the day, you're going to be dead, right? But that's not true. See, this profession has challenged me to learn, to really learn about how to successfully provide the right information, education and advice to families, to business owners about how to, about how to really understand their cash flow, how to think about their retirement planning. And the reason why I say that too is because I want you to understand something, Matt. Here we are today, you and me, having this session together, right? Both of us have convictions. We are convicted about something. 
And that conviction, believe it or not, is a driver. And most people don't realize that this, whatever this conviction is that is driving them is going to be the reason why they either succeed or fail or achieve success in the beginning, only to realize at the end, it was all for nothing. So at the end of the day, I realized that if I'm going to be successful with a family, a business owner, or a partnership, the goal for me is to really connect with them on a personal level, because when it comes to decision-making, it's not about how successful you are. How, it's not about how many people love you and appreciate you because you've done all of these great things, because sometimes great people may have an opposite view an opposite view concerning the success that they've had. And what I mean by that is you could be very successful doing great things in the community, great things with your family, but then you might have a mindset that when it's all said and done, I don't care. This could all go to hell. And actually I had a client who I picked up a few years ago who shocked me after I decided that I was going to help her with her situation. She was in a situation and this woman had had all kinds of success in her life. She was an actress. She owned real estate. She was a model. She took over the family business. When I contacted her, when we met, she had a cash flow issue. She had some issues with her real estate. And I said to her, this, this is what I said to her. I said, look, I said, if you're willing to let me do what I know how to do as a financial advisor, I'm going to build a team around you from scratch. And all these issues you're having, we're going to solve everything for you. And I kid you not, it took us two years, two years with this woman, because some of the people that I introduced her to, she would call me back and say, I don't like him. I don't like her. Get rid of them. So there, there was some of that with her. But one day she called me. We went out for dinner. We went to go see a show together. We came back to the office just talking. And she said to me, that night, Benjamin, you know what? I only have a few more years left, a few more good years of working the business. But when I'm done, you know what? I don't care. It could all go to hell in a handbasket. When she said that to me, there was a moment of silence between us. We both looked at each other and I said, but I've done all this work. I put all this effort in. I said, I said, when we come back to you, I said, you're going to have money coming in from royalties. You're going to have, you're still going to have a say in the business. I'm ready to do for you what I said to you that I was going to do. I promised you that I was going to come through, right? And she said to me, point black again, she said to me, Benjamin, I'm very serious. I, I want it all to die when I'm gone. And, 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 and the sad part about that was, believe it or not, when we did come back to her with all of the proposals and how we we're going to put things together to prepare her for a much, much better future, right? She, she turned us down. And, and what was interesting, I tell you was interesting. When I, she invested some money with me, she invested 700,000. She had more money. And I said to her, I said, maybe you should have me take all of it. I said, because I know exactly what I'm going to do with the rest of that money to secure your future. I said, I'm going to take care of every cash flow issue you have. I said, and, and you won't have to worry about the markets anymore. I said, because the markets go, go up, they could go down, they could do whatever they want to do. But I said, if you, if you let me do this, you're going to see, you're going to know exactly 
who you're dealing with. Okay. And I'm for you all the way, but you know, sometimes with uh, individuals who've had a lot of success, I think something was going on with her and her family because the family was a family that was into business. They owned businesses. And I said to her, why don't you just sell it to a family member? She even didn't, she didn't even want to do that, Matt. So that really kind of surprised me at the last minute. I said, how could someone like you who's had all of this success, the people love you, the community loves you. I love you. You know, you're, I mean, you're, you're just amazing. You know, you have all of this energy. I mean, wow. But for some reason, she didn't want to go forward in that way. And that's one of the reasons why I do what I do, because I think that when it comes to people who have worked hard to achieve, I think they, sh they deserve to have someone who can be there for them, doing the right things for them. Not necessarily, Matt, someone who's going to come in and just give you the best. Because I've seen, in th there have been cases that I have witnessed where an advisor would come and give the client the best. And then five to seven years down the road, this client is stuck between a rock and a hard place and things are not looking good for them. So it's not always about what's best. Like I said before, everyone is convicted of something. And once you can identify that conviction, a whole new universe opens up. And I can tell you, Matt, I have a client right now who lost a fortune. He actually called me on, he was flying to California. He calls me on the airplane and says to me, hey, Benjamin, I was wondering if you would like to take me on as a client. He said to me, do you know why I'm calling you? Because I like you. I had a conversation with you and I really like you. I like the way you think. I like the way you, you, you care about people, he said to me. Okay. And he had a situation happen to him, which was very unfortunate. This guy was a guy who took a, he had a business that he started. He took that business from a half a million dollars a year to $35 million a year. And it was a family business, family run business. And the family was the reason why the business fell apart. Okay. And when he told me his story, I was shocked. I said, wow. I said, how does that happen? You know, I mean, you've, you put everybody on. And he said to me, Benjamin, there was nothing. There wasn't anything. If my family came to me and asked me to help them with, I was always there. But they decided that they didn't want to be there for me when it counted. He had this experience and he called me back to say, hey, look, I was wondering if, would you like to take me on? I would like to become a client of yours and I'd like to, you to invest some money for me. And so he's a client. And what I appreciate about that is we're working together now. Let me tell you what really goes on when you have a, a client who is on his or her game, okay? There's this, there's this energy that shows up in the relationship. And sometimes, and I've had this experience where the client might be concerned about something, thinking about something. And all of a sudden I find myself thinking about that same thing. And I might pick up the phone to call. And, and just before I pick up the phone, the client is calling me. And here we are having a conversation about what are we going to do? Because I, I need some, something has changed. And I was wondering, Benjamin, can you help me? Is there, is there another professional that you can call in to come in and to talk with us about how we're going to take the next steps? Because I'm having some issues. That has been an experience that I've had with a few of my clients. And I can tell you when an advisor and a client are on a level where there's a purpose to the focus, where there's a real vision for, 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 for living and achieving, 
things go well. So you've given us a great understanding of some of the experiences that you've had with your clients, but if you were to describe what you do for them in, in, in a, in a little bit different way, because you just kind of gave us a beautiful overview of a lot of different things, you know, from you creating this amazing team that just works for the person individually to, you know, the relationships that you have and the connections that you have interpersonally, but break down just a little bit more about what do people come to you for and really what do you solve for them? They come to me, the main, the main reason why they come to me is to have me show them how to manage the burden of financial risk that they're exposed to, okay? And let me give you an, an example of what I mean by burden of financial risk. I'm sure you've heard of the topic that many have talked about on television, maybe you've read about it too, called globalization. Globalization is a process whereby governments and corporations come together. They could be domestic, international, or global. These corporations and governments, they come together to create partnerships. And they do that because what they're seeking to do is to create a more even streamlined flow of goods, services, capital, sharing ideas, intellectual property. They, they come together because they want to innovate in a certain way and they want to have the creativity and the talent that they recruit on focusing in a particular way about where it is that they want to take the organization, okay? But here's what happens with, with globalization. When globalization occurs, these firms and governments become interdependent upon each other. And here's what I mean by interdependence. Company A and company B, let's say they're technology companies. They both specialize in making cell phones, right? Both of these companies have been competing, let's say for about a decade. And the price of entry for a customer like you and me when we're coming in to buy a new cell phone is, cell phone is $400. And, and we're given all of the benefits and perks that come with buying these phones from these different companies. But one day, because of globalization and interdependency, company A comes to company B and says, hey, you know what? I'm tired of competing with you. You know, why don't we just do what we do I know we've been selling these cell phones for $400, but since we're, we've decided that we're not going to compete with each other anymore, we can level up the prices. So now a $400 phone is going to cost $900. And then when you and I come to buy that phone, they're going to tell us, hey, what would you like? What are you into? We can do all of these wonderful things with your phone. Now this $900 phone is going to cost you somewhere between thirteen to $1,600. Now, I want you to think about what I just said to you. What, what has occurred here? We have had, what has just occurred is what we call price inflation. Once that occurs, because these companies are now dependent upon each other and they're following each other, what tends to happen is the consumer now is at a disadvantage. And I'm going to tell you why. Because once that inflation occurs, because they, they've stopped competing, the, the inflation remains where it is. So we can take a look at that and we could segment that. I'll give you an example. We could take a look at how inflation is occurring with college tuition, and we could do a study on that. We could take a look at what I just talked about between glo about globalization and, in, and interdependence between corporations and governments, and we could do a study there. We could also take a look at families, men and women who have paid off their mortgages and see what happens 
with the tax consequence after they've done that. We can really take a look at these things, segment them, and look at what the real-time inflation is, how that's affecting things. Okay, and sometimes when these things happen in communities, and sometimes some of the communities where this kind of price inflation occurs are in communities that are upper middle income and affluent. And sometimes you'll, you, you'll see people starting to leave their neighborhoods and leave their communities because they can't afford to pay the tax because the inflation that has occurred has really is, is starting to eat away at their capacity to really do the things that they were thinking that they could do for themselves. And so this type of risk is very, very real. And many people in this country are struggling because there has been a longstanding emphasis here in this country about ownership and not just ownership of assets, but ownership concerning our decisions, those actions that we take and the results that follow. This idea of ownership, I think from what I have read and studied, people still don't get it. This, th this kind of thing is still like a mystery to people. And sometimes when people are making good money, they think that they've arrived. You know, I'm doing well. I'm going to make it. Things are just great. And wow, it's never going to stop. Well, we know one day it is going to stop. One day something is going to happen and you're going to have to make a change, right? Another thing that I do for clients is I help to motivate them to make those changes that are necessary so that they can take a look at what is there before them. We can take a look at their immediate needs. We can take those needs and incorporate that into their future financial planning. So the client gets to have an opportunity to understand how what we get to do today is going to influence the future and accelerate certain opportunities that they may be looking forward to be with. Because not everyone who's going to retire is going to retire and just call it a day. Some people, they're looking forward to, hey, you know what? I'm going to be with the children. Now I get to mentor them. Or they may be looking to do something else in the community to advance the community. So there are a lot of good things going on with, with, with what, what people are doing and where they want to go. But what they don't really understand, and I'm going to say this too, because some people might, might, might think this is a counterintuitive thing that I'm going to say. But when it comes to inflation and taxes like death, the inflation and taxes, those implications affect all of us in the same way. This idea that we hear in the media all the time about it's, it's the rich against the poor, the rich have to pay their fair share, that's all a lie. That is all a lie. And we've got to get away from that kind of thinking because it doesn't work that way. The, that person who's wealthy is having the same issue as that person who's in the middle class who's seeking to do the right things. Both of them have the same problem. The only difference is that the person who's rich, who, has, who has, may have access to more things as far as information, knowledge, et cetera, they're going to have the same issues. And all that has to happen in their life, just like the one person in the middle, you make one or two mistakes, one or two bad decisions, and everything starts to come crashing down in ways that no one could have predicted. The, the worst part about it all is when these things happen, sometimes the, 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 that rich person and that person who's in the middle, they have no recourse. Sometimes 
people will blame them. Oh, you know, you should have known better. Well, how could I know if I if no one ever showed me anything, talked to me about anything? Okay, you know, I've seen some things on television, but television is television. You know, they pay people to come on and be beautiful and look good and talk good, but that's television. Television, television is for show. Right. It's a show. There are things that are relevant to the lives of people. And I think one of the best things that any person will do who's going to take on a financial advisor like myself, that financial advisor has to have a focus. And that focus has to always be how to get the client to understand the importance of building wealth above income. If that is not the focus of the advisor, that client is in trouble. Now, let's talk about the client itself. So when you close your eyes, Benjamin, and you say, mm-hmm. if this person walked into my office right now or in, on Zoom or whatever, I would think to myself, this is exactly who I want to work with. Define and describe that ideal client for me. The ideal client for me, I prefer to serve upper middle income and affluent families. That's my preference. But the ideal client for me is the kind of client who is doing well financially who has a family and they care about their family and they're active in the community. People who actually care about how things are going to affect their communities. And the reason why I say that too is because I have been in situations where I have met people who, though successful and meet all of the criteria that I would consider to be good criteria, I've decided that I can't work with them because the focus is not on building for the future. They're selfish. You know, I've had men and women say to me, I kid you not. And these are people who are married, who have children, grandchildren tell me that they don't care about their wife. They don't care about the husband. The kids don't matter to them. So when, 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 when a prospect tells me that who I'm thinking about would be a good client, Matt, I have never done business with such a person. In all my years of working, something has always said to me, "Mm, I should, I, I better not move forward with you because there might be something coming that could really be, really be bad. So I have always kindly said to them, Hey, look, you know what? I I don't think you and I are a good fit. These types of individuals are going to be the types of individuals who will settle for an advisor who, when they meet him or her, is just going to take whatever they've got and go put it somewhere. And that's a very dangerous way to go. Very, very dangerous way to go. And for me, I, I, I just don't, these things don't make me feel good when someone is telling me that they don't care about the family, they don't care about the community, because at the end of the day, you mean to tell me that you did all this work to become successful and you don't care? What the hell does that mean? You know, so w- why are you successful? It makes no sense. So I'm, I'm always interested in people who are focused, who are purposeful in the way that they view their life, who have a vision for their life. Okay, and who on some level are thinking about inspiring something into their family, into the community that's really going to have an impact for future generations. Because I I do believe that being a good steward and preparing in the right way and being a good example is the best way to go. I I think there's something about that that can really bring people to a new place in their lives, especially people who are looking up to you as an example. Let's switch gears now and talk a little bit about what you are going to 
focus on educating our listeners about today. And I prefaced it a little bit at the beginning of the show. So we're going to be talking about some tax efficient investing, but we're going to focus more specifically on college planning. Is that correct? Yes. I, I wanted to put some, to share some other things too, but we'll see. We'll see. I really, I really, I really do like the col college planning. And let me tell you why college planning. When I was growing up, I didn't know anything about that. You know, when I was growing up, I never heard of it. I, I never heard of such things. So college planning was a very new thing to me when I came into the business. But what I like about it is a family can, if they're focused on helping their children achieve the best that they can achieve, you know, they, they, they'll put money away into a 529 plan or some other type of investment. And if that's, if that's the way the family's going to do it, that's relatively simple. Anyone can create a trust for a, a child and put money in that trust for college, for education, right? But sometimes there may be some issues that some families are, may not want to face, but they're going to face if the children decide that, hey, you know what? I don't think college is going to be a good thing for me. And here, here's some of the drawbacks about, about putting money away into a 529 plan, for example, or a Coverdale plan, for example. See, the way the, the, way the tax laws are put together right now, if, if, if you, let's say it's you, Matt, let's say you came to me because you wanted to put some money away because you have three children, all right? And let's say these three children are brilliant and they're all college bound. And you come to me and you say to me, hey, Benjamin, you know, what's the best vehicle that I can use to actually put money in and have that money grow substantially whereby I'll be able to help my children to go to school, okay? So I may have some, I, I may say to you, well, you know, the 529 plan is a great plan, but there are some drawbacks to this, right? Let's say, for example, your three children, because they're brilliant, let's say one's going to go to Yale, one decides to go to a state school. So let's say Yale tuition right now at Yale is somewhere north of 70,000 a year. Okay. But let's say one of your students qualifies to go to Yale. The other one is going to go to a state school. It's going to cost you 40,000 a year. And another one's going to go to a private school. And that private school is less expensive. And let's say it's about 50,000. So if we look at that, we look at that expense, right? And you come to me and you're saying to me, well, am I going to be able to put enough money into a college 529 plan to, to achieve the goal? It's never going to happen. It's never going to happen because Congress, they have put limitations on, on what you can do with that in terms of front loading that, putting as much money as you can in the beginning, because these plans only work well when you can really put a lot of money in to these plans in the beginning. Okay. Here you are in a situation and you could be doing well, you could be doing very well financially, but you have a burden here. How am I going to take care of my children? So now when you come to talk to, with me about that, I'm, I would say to you, hey, look, Matt, let me just share something with you, okay? You're not going to be able to afford college for these children. There has to be another option. What are the options? You, I might say to you, well, do you have 200000 or 300000 put away that's where, you know, nothing's happening with that money? What if you don't have that? See, if you, see, if you don't have that, okay, what's the second option? See, what many people don't understand when it comes to college planning is that there are options available to families whereby if their students do qualify because they've done well academically, 
and 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 they've they're doing the things that they're supposed to be doing while they're in school, they can qualify for merit-based college funding that has nothing to do with putting money into any kind of college plan. You see, the, all of the universities and colleges have endowment monies that alumni and other people and organizations will give to them on a yearly basis because they really do like what that school is doing. But when these when, when college bound students, when they're when they're about to attend college, these colleges are never going to tell them that we have these other monies available to you. The college will say, hey, you know, what? why don't you go to take out a loan for 50,000 or 70,000? And when you graduate, you know, you'll owe us a half a million dollars and, and you haven't done graduate school yet. You haven't gone to medical school or law school yet. Right. And you're already down four hundred thousand dollars after four years. Right. What sense does that make? What I did, I was actually introduced by a friend of mine, a colleague of mine who is also in the business, has had a lot of success in the business. He introduced me to an organization, a not for profit organization, whereby they specialize in helping families achieve that goal so that the family can actually sustain what they have and grow it. See, one of the things that I do well in helping families to manage the burden of financial risk is to be able to bring them into opportunities whereby the, the, the husband and wife, or if it's a single parent, where, he, where they or he or she can continue to do the things that they're doing while their children get to have a great benefit where both of them get to move forward and win together. And now they can go and do the things that they want to do and, and, and develop that, that connection even deeper that they have to want to go forward and to do more. So I think this is a very critical thing. And the organization that I work with is they're called the power of working together. Okay, and and just to give you a perspective on it, I, I, I actually helped a family a week ago and, and the father called me. He called me yesterday to say, hey, would you like to come on, come on my radio show to talk about how you can help families plan for college? Okay, and there are alternatives to the 529 that really work well because there are some families who don't want to do that. And let me give you a couple of reasons why a family would not want to do it. There's a tax burden. I'll give you an example. Let's say you had four hundred thousand dollars in a five twenty nine, and your children said to you, "Hey, you know what, Dad? I'm going to go start a business. I'm not going to go to college." Now you have four hundred thousand dollars of your money that you put into a trust, and let's say you're at the twenty two percent tax bracket, and you decide that, "Hey, you know what? I've got an extra four hundred thousand. I'm going to take that out." And I'm going to allocate that to different assets and to continue the growth that I'm looking forward to having for myself and my wife, if you're married or husband, right? But what happens is when, if, if you make that decision to pull the money, there's going to be a 10% tax penalty on top of that. So you went from 22 to 32, and then God forbid the state comes in and says, oh, well, you know, you owe us another 11%. So now you're, you're at 40%. So I want you to understand 400, 40% of 400,000 is a lot of money. That's almost half. Almost half of that money is going into paying a tax. Makes no sense. So right now, what's happening right now, there is legislation that they're putting forward to, to, to take away that penalty where they're trying to see, for example, if a, parent, if a family was to have that kind of money sitting in a 529 and the children decide that, hey, you know what, college is not for me, they can roll that over into their IRA, 
or 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 401k and and have that money working for them with no penalty. So I'm hoping that that will pass. Because because if that passes, that's going to be a game changer in the industry. Okay? Yes. If that, but if that passes, we're mm-hmm. not there yet, my friend. So you're going to talk to us a little bit more about some of the other stuff that we can do. You piqued my interest now. Now, I hopefully hopefully that legislation will happen. That'd be really neat. But what do I do now while I'm waiting for that to happen? If you already have made a commitment to putting money into these kinds of plans for your children, what I would say is continue to do it. I wouldn't tell you not to continue to do it, okay, because there's a benefit to it. And most children are going to go to college, right? So if you're already doing it, keep doing it. However, if you have reservations about it, or maybe you might be a, a family who's coming into late stage college planning. Now, if, if, if the college planning is late stage, you should definitely be calling me because I can definitely help a family with that and take that burden off their, off their table. Okay, that's important. But if you're doing it right now, do it in the confidence that, hey, you know, my children are going to go to school and really make something of themselves. And, and I'm happy to be doing this. And, and if I can help them in some other ways, and I've got this money there, then that's a great thing. Okay, so I would say to those of you who have started to do these things to continue to do them. And don't just arbitrarily take the money and use it for other purposes. Because like I said, you're going to definitely be penalized for that in a major, major way. That's one of the major drawbacks of uh, having these types of plans. Now, if you're the kind of person who might want to just do it yourself, right, there are vehicles that you can use, you know, on the insurance side, if you're looking to do that, that work very well too. Very, very, very well. And also, let's say you're a family who has some means, Going back to what I was telling you earlier, let's say you did have an extra two hundred thousand or three hundred thousand dollars of cash sitting around. Well, one of the things that we could do is we could take that and invest it into a specific vehicle whereby that money would grow. And let's say, going back to the example that I I use with you with your with your three children, assuming that these children are young enough, let's say they're ten years from school, and you and you said, you know, I'd like to take this two hundred or three hundred thousand and put it into a vehicle where this money is going to grow. And let's say in the, in that 10 years, we put it in a vehicle where you're going to get the growth that you want. Let's say in 10 years, that 300,000 doubles to 600, 650. And let's say these children now are going to, let's say when the, when the children start to come of age, child A is goes in two years later, child B, three years later, child C comes in, right? As that's money, as that money is growing, once they finish, by the time they finish, you're going to have a substantial sum of money there. So the children can literally take out a loan to pay for the college. And then that money that's sitting there is going to be used to pay down that those loans quickly in no time. Okay. And what that does for you is it's going to free you up to do the, those other things that are going to be important to you financially. And now that burden has been lifted from you. It's not a difficult thing to do, but planning is important. It's really important to know what options are going to be available to you to be able to do that. Okay. Now, of course, some families may decide to a UTMJ. These accounts are accounts where a custodian, like let, let's say, let's say I decided I came to, I said, Matt, I, I like your son, John. 
I, I want to give you, I, I want to give you $10,000 and I want to open an account for that child. And when that child reaches the age of majority, 21 or 25, they will have that money available for them. Now, sometimes you'll have people who will do that. It could be a family member, could be a friend who likes your child and they open this account up for the child. Now, this account, when the time, when the time comes for the child to go to college, that's going to count against their college tuition. Okay, so if the, if the child has qualified for a, a certain kind of aid, they may not get it from the college. Okay, and that can be a good thing, but usually it's not. Okay, because assuming that they're going to be going to a school where they're going to be significant expenses, the last thing you want to do is to have the school say to you, oh, you know what, we, we, we were going to give you 30000 but now because you have money in this account, we're going to give you only 5000 How's that going to help the child? And, and then now you're going to be tasked with flipping the bill because at the end of the day, you want to see your child successful, right? That child wants to become successful. So there are some drawbacks to certain types of vehicles when you say that you're going to do something for a child. So it's very important that if you're going to use a trust like that to talk to someone to see what kind of trust can actually work, okay? And actually be able to provide just in case when your child, when your child decides to pick the school that they're gonna go to, that there'll be more than enough money to cover the expenses that the, ch that the college itself will say that they're not going to cover. And let me tell you why that's important. What many colleges have done over the past several years is they have become like the corporations. I'll give you an example. I remember when I graduated high school, I got a scholarship to attend the CUNY University here where I live in, in Brooklyn, New York, full, full scholarship, okay? My father comes back to me and he says, hey, Benjamin, you're not gonna go to college. I'm like, really? He said, you're gonna join the military. Every young man should have a military experience. I look up to dad, right? So I said, okay, I'm gonna do what dad says. So I gave up the scholarship to join the military. I did that because I knew that when I left, I was gonna have money to come in to, to go to college. I'd have that extra there available for me to go to college. So it, it's, it's very important what a family is going to do when it comes to that for their children. It's very, very important because I'll tell you something. I'm a big fan of Warren Buffett, okay? Because he is a man of principle. He's a man of principle. And I like the way he thinks about his money, how he thinks about working with his children to show them, hey, I have an example. I am an example for you here. And here's, here's what I expect from you. Okay, so he 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 isn't naive about hard work, what it means to really take on a, an opportunity and do the best that you can to achieve. So when it comes to college planning, families have to be very, very mindful about how they go about it, because there may be some things that could work against them that they thought could be an opportunity for them, only to realize that now they can't afford college. Yeah. You see, just because you have the money doesn't mean you're going to be able to afford it. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, and I'll tell you this too. Sometimes, sometimes students themselves, because some students are going to have a very high opinion of themselves, right? If they can't get into the institution that they want, they get depressed and they may decide to do other things because they don't, they don't want to attend a lesser university, you see? So you have all, all of this relativism occurring 
things that can really take a family, a family off of their purpose. So my goal in, in working with families when it comes to planning for college is to really understand exactly what's going on and to provide them with a way of understanding exactly how they should go about it without having to compromise themselves. Because I have spoken to husbands and wives who have their children and mom and dad would mortgage the house yeah. to pay for school. And, and I want you to think about that. If I'm going to mortgage the house to pay for my child's education, how am I going to be able to provide for myself? Yeah. And these things are real things. They are real things. And I think what you have done in today's show, Benjamin, is shown the complexity shown that a lot of people don't even know what the questions that they need to be asking because this isn't just about college planning this is about preparing for inflation this is about making sure that you help families your mission to help families build wealth above income so after listening to this benjamin if somebody says i just there's something about this guy like you said with some of the clients in the early stories that you told in our podcast today if somebody sees themselves in those stories or wants to reach out and connect with you what is the best way for them to do that well, one of the best ways that they can do that, if they want to reach out to me directly, they can call me at 929-253-2684, 929-253-2684. That's my direct line. Or they can go to my website and actually fill out the form and I will contact them. Okay. They can also call the office line as well and we will reach out to them. But I, I do prefer to be called directly. They can also send me an email actually. My email is uh, my first name, Benjamin. There are two J's in my first name, Benjamin, by the way. It's B-E-N-J-J-A-M-I-N at InnovareConsultingDevelopmentGroup.com. However, I am looking forward to, I, I'm looking more to being called. I, I do like the direct contact. You know, I prefer that. However they decide to reach out to me is good. And I'll definitely give them a phone call and schedule a time where we can actually just have a conversation. And then, let me just say this too. Sometimes when, when clients or like your audience, as they're listening to us, sometimes they might be thinking that if they talk to me, I'm going to try to sell them something. Let me just say, let me just, let me just make this very clear. And from the early days when I, when I got started in the business, I remember having being confronted with some very uncomfortable situations with people who thought that they could just say anything to me and try to game me. And I had an experience with a guy who I scheduled a meeting with Matt. I kid you not. This was one of the weirdest experiences I've ever had. When we came together to sit down and talk, he says to me, he doesn't even say hello or good morning. Oh, do you know who I am, Benjamin? I said, I'm well aware of who you are. You're a very successful corporate executive. You've done very well. And he said, well, now that you know that, now why are, you, why are we here? I hope that you didn't come here to waste my time. And I said to him, I said, look, I said, do you know why we're here today? I said, what I really would like to get to know is how are you and your wife doing? Are things well with you and the family? Are there any, is there anything going on right now that you would like to tell me? Because I came here today because my goal is to show you how I can really be of value to you. Okay, that's why, that's why we're here today. I didn't come here to tell you that I have the best product, that I have the best company, because you know why? Everyone who's doing what I'm doing may be thinking that they work for the best company and have the best products, right? I said, I'm not concerned about the product. Let's, let's get to know each other. And then we'll see how we can innovate 
on whatever it is that you may be convicted about. I said, because I came here today to really get to know the situation. And you know what he did, Matt? I will never forget that, Matt. He got up and walked away. He just looked at me and just got up and walked away. At that moment, I realized I said to myself, you know, there are going to be a lot of people like him who are going to suffer. They're going to make decisions in their lives and they're going to lose. For me, it, re it really does matter who I get to work with. I'm, I'm very serious about that, Matt, because I've seen too many bad things happen to people who, who did well, who meant well, and things just didn't go well for them. And why? Because they didn't have someone who cared enough, who was an advisor, who cared enough to go the extra mile for them. Sure. Okay. And I'm willing to do that. I have always been willing to do that. And I'll tell you, I have never, ever had a down day. I've always been successful going the extra mile for my client. I kid you not. I've been yeah. very successful. I have a doctor client right now. This guy makes it his business to call me, to tell me everything that's going on with him. We had a conversation a, a few weeks ago about his situation with the COVID thing here. Okay. He's a client of mine. He's, he, he's got investments with me, insurance with me and other things. Okay. We talk. I remember he, he, he approached me one time to challenge me about something that I did for him. And I said, look, I said, you see what I've done for you? I said, we did a specific thing together because I know deep down, if anything happens to you, if there's anything that's coming your way, that's going to be a, an issue. I said, I'm still going to be able to help you. We're still going to be able to, to take this thing and tweak it. And let me tell, let me tell you something. It ain't going to cost you nothing. You're going to have any worries. I said, that's why we're doing this together. Right? Because I know, and he's a young doctor doing very well. That's why, that's why you're my client, right? That's why you trust me. I said, just, I said, look, if you're, if you're looking for something, just call me. If you're thinking about what stock to buy, just call me. I will do the homework for you, come back to you, and I'm going to tell you exactly what to do and what the timetable is going to be and what you should be thinking about. So these things mean something to me because I get to really work with someone and show them, hey, let's, let's, let's stay focused on doing things right. And, and you will see for yourself how, as the years pass, how much more peace of mind you're going to have. And at the end of the day, peace of mind, believe me, I can tell you from my own experience, when you have peace of mind, Matt, Everything. the creativity, the, the, the things you can do, right? I mean, Matt, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. So why shouldn't a client be able to have that on the financial side, on the planning side, yeah. and, 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 and really be able to go out there and be more than just effective, but really an example, an inspiration. And I've, I've seen these things in my own life with other people who've done it. So for me, this is why I do what I do. And let me say this. I love the profession. It's a noble profession. And even though there have been a lot of bad things that have happened, but let me just let the public know that there are some good advisors out there like myself yep. who are serious about the work, who are committed about the work, because believe it or not, what we do is very, very important. And the, and the financial landscape is extremely complex. It is big. Okay. You can't just put it in a box. You can't just have an opinion about it. All right. So, I, it, and, and you can go look this up and research it yourself. You don't have to believe me because you might be thinking, oh, this guy's crazy. Well, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs>
And if you don't think so, please make sure that you go to www.innovareconsultingdevelopmentgroup.com, which we're going to have a link to everything that Benjamin talked about in the show notes today. Or you can go ahead and reach out uh, at his office line at 888-770-93, I'm sorry, 3901. And what is your direct line again? It's 929-253-2684. 929-253-2684. Benjamin, thank you very, very much for educating us on all of these sorts of things, not only just when it comes to, to, to college planning, but also really what true planning means and the sort of peace of mind it can give you. Thanks for being on the show. I appreciate you, Matt. Thank, thank you for having me. It's a great privilege and an honor. Thank you for listening to the Simply Advise podcast. Click on the link to subscribe to our podcast and learn more about how we can help you become more confident and informed about your financial choices.